everyone, and welcome back to She's All That Minute. The podcast reanalyzed the 1999 examination of popularity in high school She's All That, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And Minute 62 begins with Jesse saying, For your information, I was about to eat a snack time chip. And I have it going through, and I am going to quote James directly on this because James is the one who made this note. Simon rolls up to some blonde girl sitting at a table to offer her fresh ground pepper. (laughs) We will get into that later. Yeah. First, I would like to discuss Jesse and his snack time chips. Yeah. Because at the end of yesterday's minute, when he says, Lainey, tell me what I can't eat. And she says, eat whatever you want. We were talking about how, oh, this, you know, what, like, eat whatever you want is a healthy attitude. This little monologue he has takes the whole thing in a direction I didn't expect it to go. (laughs) Because I'm sitting here and she's like, he's like, tell me what I can't eat. And I assume he's talking about, like, caloric intake. Like, remember that diet I said I was? Exactly. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, like, remember that diet I said I was going on? You know, should I eat these chips? But then when he says, I was about to eat a snack time chip, he then goes on a monologue about the company of snack time chips and how they're related to some other company. Captain Peg Like Tuna. Uh Uh-huh, which kills dolphins, and so she should be smacking that chip directly out of his hand because it is not a dolphin-friendly chip. It has nothing to do with how healthy it is. Right. Do you want to learn about dolphin-friendly chips? Or what dolphin-friendly means? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, uh, he says Snack Time owns Captain Pegleg Tuna, which isn't altogether now dolphin-friendly. It looks like Captain Pegleg Tuna is not real. Um, There are Snack Time chips, which look very late 90s. But And I was wondering, I I looked them up to see if they were sort of a Let's brand potato chip. Yeah, I was just about to ask, are they... Real and that was like the Let's brand chips of the nineties. Yeah. I love the Let's multiverse, and I really wish every single like snack item that they don't do a product placement for is mm-hmm. just like someone take over Let's Twitter. And anytime you see a snack that isn't specifically anything, be like, ah, snack time chips, a another great <laughs> Let's product. Uh huh. Formerly. Uh, associated with Captain Peg Like Tuna. Um, so uh, you can take that away from them too. So, okay, so dolphin friendly. Um, this is just for context, because I'm not sure. It's weird because like many other things in the 90s, it sort of fell out of favor, which is kind of mm-hmm. weird. Um, yeah. It used to be you would select the tuna that you would buy because in the 1990s we all bought tuna. I'm not really sure. Um, mm-hmm. We did, I mean, we did. I'm just not sure why I have that correct feeling about the 1990s. Um, yeah, no, that is correct, though. <laughs> <laughs> you would find the little dolphin um, dolphin safe uh, logo on your, for, for instance, um, what is it? Chicken of the Sea. Um, Chicken of the Sea. I remember Starkiss. Star, I was like, Starkiss. No, no, no. That's a fruit brand. I'm thinking of Sunkiss. No. Right. Uh-huh. Starkiss is the one that we would buy um, because it was dolphin yep, safe. Same. Yep. Um, Chicken of the Sea actually would have been what I would have considered off-brand, uh, sort of generic-ish. Uh, oh, now see, stuff. I think we brought. I think we probably got Starkist because I bet it was cheaper than Chicken of the Sea. Really? 
I think that is probably true. I did switch over to Chicken of the Sea after the Jessica Simpson thing. Of course. Because I, because I am who I am. Listen, if you hadn't yeah. spoken out pro-Chicken of the Sea after the Jessica Simpson thing, it's like, what are you even doing with your pop cultural voice? You know what am I mean? Am I even Aaron? Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, Aaron on the side of Aaron. Um, yeah. It's funny that um, I thought of it that way because it means that you can be snobby about something that is actually higher class or higher expense than the thing you're being snobby about, which is kind of fun. Um, uh-huh. I guess that's just being a hipster. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, I just unlocked it. That's it. Yep. Um, so in 1990, the organization Earth Island Institute and tuna companies in the U.S. agreed to define dolphin safe tuna as tuna caught without setting nets on or near dolphins. <laughs> yep. This standard well, was in... <laughs> thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> yeah. Captain Obvious was actually the president of Earth Island Institute, mm-hmm. it turns out. Um, Good. Captain Ron Obvious. Um, mm-hmm. the, this standard was Played incorporated Played by Will in- Ferrell. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. I would 100% yeah, watch Yeah, no, I would too. This standard was incorporated into the Marine Mammal Protection Act later that year as the Dolphin Protection Consumer Information Act. Uh, those standards were do- also adopted by Earth Island Institute in developing agreements with more than 700 tuna companies around the world. The companies pledged to adhere to the standards and open their operations up to Earth Island's international monitors. Uh, So that was 1990. In 1997, the standards for dolphin safe tuna were expanded by Congress with the passage of the International Dolphin Conservation Program Act. Um, Thinking of act names and not making them into initialisms or acronyms is like a superpower. Like, Mm -hmm. surely IDCPA, you... There's surely something you can have that is un- that is the oh it's the such and such act anyways um yeah like how like what words can we use to make the dolphin protection act actually have the acronym dolphin it, right exactly exactly it amended the marine mammal protection act to include the standard that no dolphins were killed or seriously injured in a net set to qualify that tuna for a dolphin safe label so I guess that's like. You didn't put your net on or near a dolphin, and also you didn't, like, run over a dolphin with your boat, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In 1999, the year this, this movie takes place, via the Inter-American Tropical Tuna Commission, people love tuna all around the world, it seems like. Um, mm-hmm. Several nations adopted the agreement of the International Dolphin Conservation Program, which set up standards for a different dolphin-safe-slash-dolphin-friendly label by nations that continue to chase and net dolphins to catch tuna, the... AIDCP standard allows up to 5,000 dolphins to be killed annually in tuna net sets while encouraging the release of dolphins unharmed. Critics note that the IADCP AIDCP standard ignores the cryptic kill of baby dolphins and still subjects dolphins to extreme physiological stress injuries and mortality. Um, So I wonder if he said dolphin, he did say dolphin friendly. I wonder if that was as opposed to dolphin safe which wouldn't have been de rigueur in 1989. Yeah. Um, it says, Tuna consumption has declined since awareness of the dolphin safe issue peaked in 1989. Some critics attribute this to the strict standards of U.S. laws, which they claim have lowered the quality of tuna. The impact of the tuna tastes better if you kill dolphins. Um, mm-hmm. The impact of dolphin, safe standards, of dolphin safe standards on the price of tuna is debatable. While the trend in cost has been downward, critics claim that the price would have dropped much further without the dolphin safe standards. Um, I also saw something about like more recently than 1999, people have been like, yo, we are destroying the tuna population. So maybe ease up on tuna, like as a whole, cause we're like killing ecosystems and stuff. So oh, goodness. Yep. 
I guess that goes to show that when it comes to environmentalism, you never, ever, ever can win. That is true. And I say that as as someone who considers myself an environmentalist and (laughs) went to school for it-ish, eventually kind of, there's no winning. You... It's always a give. The fact that it's a circle of life means you literally can't disrupt it. Yes. <laughs> so you can only make things worse. She's all that minute. Um, mm-hmm. So then Lainey. There's our episode title. <laughs> <laughs> what does Lainey say in response to this company is not dolphin safe or dolphin friendly? I believe she says whatever. She says, well, she says, she may have said whatever. She then oh, definitely says. Oh, no, she says, says, fuck the dolphins. She says, screw the dolphins. It's PG-13. Screw the dolphins. used their fuck already. Um, That's right. Once no, again, they like, haven't. They they will, but they have not yet used their fuck. They, but, but Zach said fuck in the locker room. I forgot about the big fuck. <gasps> did they skirt a PG-13 rating because it was in a commotion? I don't I know. I bet they did. Because Zach definitely said, if you fucking whatever, such and such. Yeah, like if you fucking touch her. Yeah. I wonder. Wow, Freddie Prince Jr. with those blue improvs. Scandal. Um, <laughs> uh, so then she says, screw the dolphins. And he says, a guy tried that last year. He's banned from SeaWorld for life, which is very funny. Um, horrifying. Has... I love Jesse. <laughs> I do. Oh, it is horrifying, yes. I love Jesse so much, though. <laughs> I, I agree. He is. Now, okay, but we're going to talk about Jesse a little bit because of the next thing that I wrote down in my notes. So Lainey suddenly comes back to Earth and turns to him and says, Jesse, am I kissable? Mm-hmm. And Jesse, is the word recoils correct? Am I like... Yes. Okay. He says, so about these chips. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what he goes on to say is, maybe if I hadn't known you all my life... Maybe if I just met you and then he's interrupted. Right. So my initial reaction is recoils. And I'm, I don't know if you remember, but earlier on in the movie, I'm like, we said like Jesse sort of seems like maybe he was a female best friend, but then yeah. um, Eldon Henson came in and was like, awesome. Um, I had sort of hypothesized maybe he was a gay best friend kind of with like how much he knows about about Zach and how great, you know, how hot he is. And in 1999, you wouldn't be just sort of a comfortable with sexuality straight guy. You would be the gay best friend. Right. I, you know, I think that it's it's entirely possible that uh, Jesse is just a comfortable with his sexuality uh, best friend. And I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, my initial thought, though, was that he recoiled because it's like, kissing girls, ew. But it seems more like a kissing my best friend, Lainey, who I've known since we were in diapers together. Sort of right. Deal. Still, recoil is pretty harsh. I think, okay, so I took it as not so much recoiling at the idea of kissing her, but being like, where did this come from? Right. I don't want to talk about this. This is a weird conversation for us to have, so I'm going to try to talk about the chips again. Right, right. I think it was more of a taken aback recoil as opposed okay. to an ew, yuck, gross recoil. And I can see that. The, the other interpretation I had for a moment was Jesse has had a crush on Lainey forever. And when someone sure. that you have a crush on is asking you a question like that, but not with a like, would you kiss me, Jesse? 
but with a right. can you assess my attractiveness in a way that helps me deal with the other boy that I like problem? Right. Right. <laughs> it's sort of like I'm gonna talk about the chips because my response is either going to be calculatedly tip you know, what is it, uh, tepid or way too enthusiastic. Either way I'm gonna hate what I say next, so right. not da- dolphin safe. Let's go back to dolphins. Um, yes. So, yeah. It's complicated. Jesse is yeah. a surprisingly complicated character, and I really like it a lot. Yep. I wish we got more of him. I, I really do. agree. I 100% agree. Um, however, however, uh, Jesse doesn't get to complete his thought or his argument or his uh, justification because... Because Simon rolls up to them on what I assume are rollerblades. Uh-huh. He sure or does. Or inline skates. Perhaps they're off-brand rollerblades. He has a pepper grinder, like a a full-sized like a... Olive Garden original recipe pepper grinder. Yep, it's like the length of his arm. It's huge. Yeah. Je- if it was in a Jackie Chan movie, it would be used as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of flaunted that way later, but like, it is large. It's a club size thing and he offers them fresh ground pepper Mm -hmm. why i'm why i mean i get that this is a zach thing but what what is the thing i okay so my note on this is (laughs) simon what the hell (laughs) um i'm confused i'm baffled by all of this like why the skates why the fresh ground pepper has he appointed himself pepper grinder server or is this his job in the cafeteria that was assigned to him by the school i don't did zach say Jesse's i want to see eating... you grind in your skates and and simon didn't know what that meant that's the that's the deleted scene i want to see is that zach was using skater terms and simon doesn't know skater oh, terms. So okay he... you said grind in your skates and i forgot that's a skater term oh and you were thinking i like... went Dance. Sex. Got it. Got it. Oh, yeah. I, right. Got uh, it. Got I was, it. yeah. I went in like a totally different direction. Like a bump and grind sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, I guess yeah. doesn't have to be sex, but I think it's inherently sexual. So. Oh, it's absolutely sexual for sure. I definitely um, was like, why would Zach say that to him? <laughs> wait. Just hold on. I'm not making up skater terms, right? I just want to make sure that grind no, is. No, I don't think you are. You said that he's doing this because of Zach. Did Zach tell him? Well, Do, the thing is, have th- I forgotten Zach telling him to go offer people pepper? No, but see, so then Jesse says he must be crazy, and Lily says Simon, and Jesse says Zach. So, yeah, because she's clearly upset about. I have to assume that she Jesse's has going told back Jesse. To t- okay. Yeah, I have to assume that she has told Jesse that something weird happened with Zach last night. Okay. And maybe Jesse, and maybe she was just like, Zach came over and it was weird and I don't know where we stand right now. And it, Wait, is... and so now Jesse's, when she's like, am I kissable? He's like, uh, like after his initial, why are we talking about this? He has now put two and two together. Zach must be crazy not to kiss And you. he's like, okay. oh, the weird thing that happened must have had to do with Zach and not kissing Got Zach it. must be, Zach is crazy if he didn't want to kiss you. That I, I like can that. objectively say as your friend that right. where Zach is concerned, yes, you are kissable. Got it. 
I don't want to kiss you or I don't want to admit that I want to kiss you. But I can definitely say that if Zach doesn't want to kiss you, it's because there's something wrong with him, not with you. Fair. I like that interpretation a lot. So I guess then Simon's just being weird? I, I think so. I feel like there is so much about Simon that got, like, cut out of the script. Like, the hearing yeah. aids. Yeah. His roller skater Olive Garden waitering. I don't, like, it. none of it makes sense. His entire character makes no sense to me. Yeah. It. I mean, like, he's the brother. Yeah. If he was the quirky best friend... I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, when in, in Pitch Perfect, when Benji does, like, close-up magic. Oh, yeah. I'm fine with it. Because it's like, he's weird. And that's yeah. fine. And he's weird. He's also consistently weird, which is a whole other thing that Simon also isn't. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. I don't even mind that he's the brother and not the best, the quirky best friend. Like, if this was in line with his character at all. <laughs> in line. It, uh-huh. It would yeah. be different. R- right. Right. It's but just the like fact they, they... that all we've seen of him so far is, hey, Zach, do you like playing Sega? I and love Sega. N- and now he's the rollerblading pepper kid. I, like, okay. Either, I would like one or two, one of two things to be true or have been true. One, I'd like the dartboard with the options for Simon's actions. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to own that, please. That's uh-huh. one. Or at least have it be in, like, the, the special features on the DVD. Right, exactly. Two, there's plenty of time for Simon Small Talk, where he's talking about, he can be talking in the, even if it's in the background while Lainey is doing something else. If mm-hmm. I hear, if I was able to hear Simon being like, so I had this idea for, like, a, a roller skate, like, pepper grinder service. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Just, like... That's all the seed you need for me to be like, it's weird, but at least it's established. Right. The, I have to assume that there were many scenes from this movie yeah. that got cut. Yeah. And so tiny little things like the explanation for this yeah. just got lost. There had to, But then we read that interview with Kieran Culkin where he was like, yeah, I don't know why they made me wear hearing aids. Again, this is a Can't Hardly Wait thing where Can't Hardly Wait had this weird stuff. That was just weird, but it wasn't plot relevant. Right. Like, where did the, those two stoner guys with the dinosaur, they have a dinosaur. Do I care about the dinosaur? No, I don't. Does it matter that I don't care about the dinosaur because of the plot, because they're important characters? Also, no. You can't be quirky and random on a character that is there to be a person with a name. Right. Like, right. you have to, I mean, that's not character development. That's just saying things. I mean, that's like improv. It's like first draft character development where it's like, I don't right. know, skates and uh, give me another action. Grinds pepper. Okay. Skates and grinds pepper. Right. We'll change that later. And then they forget and they film right. the movie. <laughs> and so here's the thing. They need to have Simon in this scene to establish what is going to happen the rest of this week. Right. They could have had him just walk in and come over and say hi to Lainey and Jesse. And then we'll see tomorrow he goes to interact with that blonde girl. Well, I guess at the end of today and then beginning of tomorrow, we see him interact some with that blonde girl. But right. he, they could have had him like walking past her. And if they really wanted him to interact with her in some way, 
have her like accidentally knock her book off the table with her elbow or he knocks her book off the table and he's like, oh, sorry. He yeah. gives it back to her. Like, have it be something normal. Well, I think that the abnormality is there to establish that Zach isn't a... Well, we're going to get to it, but I think the abnormality has to be there because if he was just being normal... Alright, I'm about to say something that is slightly um, bully supremacist, and I just apologize in advance, but just for a line of thinking. Okay. If he's doing normal stuff, bullying is more uh, incendiary. If he's being weird and quirky... There's a gray area the movie would have us believe sure. where you're like, well, then why were you doing the pepper grinding in, in line sitting thing inside in the cafeteria? Of course, this is going to happen to you. I don't agree with it, but I think that the odd behavior has to be has to be there because it, it can't be just. And then these two dicks start picking on Simon for absolutely no reason. I mean, you could go way dark and have it be, they, you know, oh my god, wait a minute. This could be a this could be a, a nerfing of a much darker scene where they're picking on him because of his hearing aids. Well, yeah, so that's what I was thinking the whole time you've been talking about this bullying thing. I'm like, right, but we've already established that he's a little, like that Simon is kind, kind of a, an awkward kid. Sure. We'll say, we'll say awkward. Sure. I think, he, you know, he's younger. He's awkward. Yeah. We've talked about how he's got the hearing aids, and so that is like, you know, prime late 90s bully fodder because right. he has something that is visibly different enough about him that that would give bullies in that time period, especially, a, a, a thing to latch on to. Right. So we, we should we should hang on to this for next minute for tomorrow. I think. Yeah. Um. But I have some idea. This is sorry. And and so uh, for the listeners, I know you know what I mean. But for the listeners and listen, you probably know what I mean too. But the establishment of the idea that people do this happened occurred to me with Empire Records, which I full fledged believe was a rated R movie when it was first cut, and then I believe that there were some lines that were tamped down to a PG thirteen area. Mm-hmm. Um. The most famous example I think of is, why don't you all just fade away mm-hmm. um, instead of, why don't you all just fuck off? Um, I think that, so I just wanted to establish that because I think that there's some stuff going on here that I could see it be, it's almost like translated and then translated back. Like if you translate something right. that, and a language and then translate it back, you can sort of see where it came from, but it's a little bit unrecognizable and and, and, and uh, random. Yeah. Hold on to that for um, for tomorrow, um, yeah, listener. I have my notes about who this blonde girl is starting next week or start, starting tomorrow. Oh, okay, that's fine. We can take that into tomorrow. Cool, but nevertheless, listener, I want you to remember that it is a blonde girl, and then mm-hmm. uh, now it is a uh, now it is. Uh, I think time for so- some social media. If you wouldn't uh, yeah. mind it. Yeah, Brown-haired so girl. we are on Twitter as a podcast franchise at JE underscore Minute Movies. But individually, I can be found at Unabashedly Aaron. And I am at Unabashed James. We are proud members of the Scavengers Network, alongside a bunch of other great shows such as Myth Takes, which is a rotating cast um, actual play podcast. Yeah, it's a... Uh... 
there, you've been on. I have been on. Uh, I've been on a a special sort of behind the scenes episode, and I think I was on one Christmas episode um, with mm-hmm. beloved character. I don't remember what his name was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it was Derek. Of course, it was Derek. Um, of course, he he was doing it. Derek the elf. Uh, yeah, so they actually Colin baffles me with with when he says stuff like this, but they're clo- they're closing in on the end of the first uh, uh, campaign of this uh, of this uh, of this podcast, so or season one as Colin sometimes calls it. Um, mm-hmm. They actually, as we're as we're recording this in mid July, they just started a new arc um, with uh, Morgan and Lindsay, um, okay. and uh, Alex. Okay. Um, and I have, what I've heard is that Morgan and Lindsay's characters chemistry is fantastic. Good. Um, and it is a circus based arc. So I guess either trigger warning or kind of fun, maybe depending on who you are. Sure. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so myth takes is good. Um, there are lots and lots of episodes with lots and lots of different themes uh, there was an under the sea theme uh, that recently wrapped up, and then there's all sorts of like you know, um, wendigos and witches and fairies and all sorts of stuff. You can you can dive into a lot of different places and find a lot of different things. So mm-hmm. yeah, it takes it's good it's a good place good place yeah. to be. Yep, I think <laughs> I think that is going to do it for us for today. Um, yes. So we'll come back tomorrow with more discussion on bullying and some blonde girl. Uh-huh. But until then, is that Paul Walker? Oh, no, it's actually... The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.